with a brown seat. Oh, forget about it. I'm done. I'm all over it. It's time for Loud Pipes. The podcast that brings you the best conversations relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. Here are your hosts for this episode, Rich Warfield, Rico Hogan, and John Maracle. Loud Pipes, episode 106. Man, we have a truckload, a couple of truckloads of bikes from Eichmann to talk about. We've got some follow-up, and we're going to have a pretty special eight days a week segment. And we have a guest. Holy cow, big show. Brother Hogan, what are you drinking, my man? Well, I am drinking a Heineken tonight, my friend. Just a Heineken? Just a Heineken. Just a Heineken. I guess that's okay. But, well, wait, are you two in? Well, I'm one and a half. One half, okay. Yeah, because I had a rum and coke earlier uh, before the shower. Then uh, I grabbed this can of beer before I got here. So. <laughs> a Heineken in the can to boot. All right. Yep. Cool. So you're doing well? Sorry, I skipped over asking you how you are and just went right to the beer. Yeah, whatever. That's all you care about is the beer. That's right. That's right. John, how are you? I am well, man. I'm well. I'm trying to stay nice and toast warm up here. Somebody turned the freezer on. I'm turning the freezer. Yeah, it's like, gosh, we went from late summer to winter. Yeah. What happened to the fall riding? Well, we missed it. I guess we missed it. Well, next year. Maybe. You drinking something other than tea? You know, since it's Thanksgiving time frame, I decided to get out the not your mama's apple pie. <laughs> okay. Not your mama's apple pie. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a gravy boat. <laughs> I know, right? No, no. What, what are you drinking, my friend? Oh, an Oktoberfest I found buried in the back of the refrigerator. In, that was uh, mine, by the way. It might have been Rico's, but it was a <laughs> mixed pack from a while ago. This is Sierra Nevada's 2017 Oktoberfest. So, very good. Not in a can, by the way. All right. Now, shall we bring in our special guest? I was going to say, yeah, if we didn't have enough to talk about tonight, we figured we would also add a guest to the mix. So we've had a couple of different moto vloggers on in the past and several from the Moto Nobodies, which is a group we've talked about before. And let me see if I can do this properly with the music. Mr. Rogue Mogul. Wow. How are you? You killed it. Nice. I wasn't even expecting that. I was not expecting that. Nailed it. Nailed it. We had it so much better for Amped. He has a good, um, not a good opening, but he has a distinct opening that's there every time. And we played that for him as a little surprise. I thought I'd do it again, except, of course, not so much. That was, it was good. I liked it. No, no, Rogue, didn't you eight, say eight out of 10? Would, would show up again <laughs> or would get introduced again. Awesome. Go ahead, John. Sorry. Rogue, didn't you used to have a phrase that you used to go sign in or off with? Uh, I've used a few. Which one, which one are you thinking about? Didn't you use like discipline rogue 
No, that's amp, isn't it? That's amp. Yeah, the amp says this has been an amp moto experience. Yeah, which one do you use? Uh, I always just say thanks for taking this ride with me. You've been awesome. I have just been riding this motorcycle. That's it. Yep. See, thanks, John. Yeah, no way to go, John. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Awesome. Well, let's get a little background on right. Mr. Rogue before we get too much farther. Let's talk about what you ride. I know you have several bikes in the stable, but let's get a little update on that before we talk about the new hardware. The new hardware. New hardware, meaning news right. from ICMA. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Unless you bought a new bike, you know. <laughs> no, not that I can remember. Although these things do have a habit of following me home. Um, <laughs> like puppies. <laughs> yeah, pretty much like puppies. Um, yeah, I've got four motorcycles. Um, we'll start with the one that I've had the longest, and that is my 1974 Honda CB550. Um, I've had that bike for going on 20 years. Um, it was my first motorcycle, my first street motorcycle. Then I got a uh, 2011 Victory Cross Country. Nice. And uh, a 2015 Ducati Hypermotard. And then a 20, or sorry, it was a 2013 Ducati Hypermotard. And then I just recently, well, last year I got a 2015 Honda CRF 250L. Does that mean street legal? Yeah, it's a little, it's a little 250cc dual sport. Very nice, very nice. Yeah. Is that like, so, is that like the one they just redid? Um, what is that, they, 250 something or other? More like a... They, they introduced, I think they call it the rally version. So it's got like a fixed windshield. Um, it's got another inch of suspension travel. Uh, it's more like a Dakar kind of bike. Yeah, yeah, it's like a mini Dakar bike. But they, they still have the regular 250L. Got it. But yeah, it's pretty cool for just ripping around in the woods. It's definitely underpowered. <laughs> can, <laughs> can I take a step back to your CB real quick? now? Sure. The sure. video I saw of that looks like you put quite a bit of work into that. Okay, yeah. So the the bike is in its third phase right now. Nice. Um, so when I bought it, it was sort of a cafe project uh, that someone had started. Um, as most people do, they start a cafe project and, and then they don't finish it. But 20 years ago, the cafe scene was a lot different than it is now. It was more... Um, more about the classic, you know, the classically styled cafe from, right. I guess, I don't know, Britain or wh wherever the whole scene started. But the, the bike had a, a little bullet fairing on it and had rear sets. Um, so the, the guy had actually rebuilt the motor, um, rebuilt the carburetors. Everything was in really good, really good running order. Um, and then when I got it, I just completely f***ed it up. <laughs> Tore apart. Um, <laughs> and now another phase. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I kind of ratted it out for a long time. Um, and then, gosh, I guess it's been four years ago, I took it off the road and kind of redid it in a, in a different style. It's still sort of cafe-ish, but it's more, you know, it's got a little more of the, the brat style mixed in with it now. So... That's that's the story of the evolution of the Honda. Very nice, very nice. Did you have something there, John? Did I step on you? No, you're good. I'm good. All right. Well, fellas, new topics. Let's do it. Let's do it.
right, let's back up the first truck, dump out a load of bikes from ICMA. Holy cow, the news this week. <laughs> Sound effect, Rico. <laughs> the news has just been nonstop this week. And, and just when you looked at a bike and you're like, wow, that's one of the coolest things I've seen in a while, then you see something else and it just keeps going. And I saw more this afternoon that are not even going to make it into the notes. But I think we're going to start with the Ducati news, which isn't really a surprise, but the V4 Panigale which the engine itself was released a while back, uh, a couple of weeks now. I don't remember exactly when, but now we actually got a look at the bike. So, Rogue, have you had a chance to look this over closely? Um, yes. <laughs> I've, <laughs> mm, I've pretty yes. much I've pretty much been looking at it nonstop since uh, since I watched the Ducati World Premiere. Very nice, very nice. Now, do you do you have any interest in a bike of that class? You know, that sporty. I do. Um, probably two years ago, I started really getting the itch for a sport-inspired or sport-style bike. Uh, and I really had my eyes set on the 959 Panigale, which is kind of the, the, baby, uh, the baby Panigale that Ducati makes. Mm-hmm. Um, but this new V4, <laughs> it's, mm. this is going to be a tough one to, to weigh against. Like for... for the the twelve ninety nine versus the nine five nine was easy for me because the the twelve ninety nine seems unmannered for road usage, at least to me it does. Uh, but something about the the V four engine configuration just seems like it's going to be a you know it's it's got nuts power right. It, it's just it's crazy power for a motorcycle, but I just feel like it's going to be a little more streetable. I think even on the track because we we'll talk about can talk about this later in our mini race segment, but. I thought I thought World Superbike was over, but realized there was one more race this past weekend. And watching the guys on the Ducatis, especially at at speed, they were very unstable. I mean, they were twitchy and you know wobbling all over the place. And I don't know if that was just suspension or the tires were going away or what. But they they talked about it being some characteristic of the twin. Interesting. That makes that bike not as smooth and silky as as like your inline four. Mm-hmm. So it looks well, there's like, definitely well, definitely a different uh, you know a, a different power outlay for sure. I mean, obviously, like you say, it's it's a lot less smooth, but just the yeah. the way the pulses are going to transmit through the drive line is probably going to affect a lot of the feel of the motorcycle. I, I don't know how it would make it twitchy because I'm not a I'm not a racer, um, but yeah, that that doesn't that that seems kind of yeah, I'll have to go back and get the notes, but they were talking about something about the power delivery, just like you're saying, you know, it's like two big pulses instead of, you know, four smaller ones in the same span of time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're losing traction getting out of the corners, but there was something they were talking about with high speed, the way the, something with the way the bike resonates or something, I don't know, but they were having to fight the bike a lot more high speeds than, of course, the the leading Kawasaki's were doing. Yeah, and that would that would not be something that I'd want to put on my resume, you know, like a fighting a large bore V twin <laughs> motorcycle at high speed. That's high speed. no thanks. <laughs> yeah. Lap after lap after lap. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that anyway. That's that's too much that's too much stress on a big bike like that and trying to manhandle it constantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's stress just riding it down to the grocery store and back. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I don't know much about uh, World Superbike, but um, what do you know? What kind of restrictions they have on the electronics? Like, are they allowed to use Ducati's electronics package, or you know, are, is traction control and wheelie control not allowed? Because I mean, that right there would just <laughs> make the bike nearly impossible to ride. They do have it, and it, and it's race spec. It's not, at least in the top line series, it's not factory factory um, electronics. It's definitely race parts. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be making some changes next year with. I believe the rev limiters, they're going to put, try to put a RPM cap on all the bikes, you know, basically trying to slow Kawasaki down, <laughs> make it more of a fight. But, uh, but yeah, they're, they're going to impose some sort of rev limit for each of the different engines. Hmm. And I haven't heard of them using the V4, at least in world Superbike. And I haven't seen any announcement on that. I know they do in MotoGP, but they were at least this year, they were still racing the twin. Yeah. I'm sure they. I'm sure they'll they'll finish out the season with the V twin and then go to the V four next year, because that seems to be that seems to be their new homologation package is going to be the V four. Yeah. So have you ridden the nine five nine then? I did. I rode a nine five nine, and it was it was a wonderful experience. Ah, better than the monthly Strata. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> a little history there, right? I told you. I told you uh, you'd have to talk about Ducati to Rogue. Say that again. I told you he had to. You had to talk him into the Ducati. Oh yeah. Well, there there are there are Ducati people, and then there are not Ducati people. <laughs> and like I I think I think trying to talk a non-Ducati person into a Ducati is kind of right. It, it's 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 a waste of time for both parties. Yeah, it'd be like <laughs> Be, trying to because, convince a, a sport bike rider they should buy a Harley. Sure. Not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're just you're you're not going to change the hearts and minds of people about Ducati if if they don't like it. So I happen to like the brand. Um, I'm not a I'm not an apologist. I'm definitely not one of those people that will defend uh, Ducati to the end of the universe. And I'm definitely not a person who will only ever own a Ducati. But. Um, I do sort of find myself taking up the mantle on the internet sometimes when people make YouTube comments that Ducatis are garbage. And I'm just kind of like, you know, do you own a Ducati? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever ridden one? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll, I will be the first to admit that Ducati has made some garbage motorcycles, right? I mean, all you got to do is watch Snowcat to understand that <laughs> he got two hypermotards in a row that were just utter garbage, right? The guy has bad luck or, or exceptional luck. I don't even know which, which one. But but the problem is is that people who watch Snowcat videos and then just parrot Ducati as crap all over the internet without ever having owned one or ridden one, you know, that's that's sort of where that just makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. If you've if you've actually like like if you've actually ridden a Ducati and you hated it, good on you. Like that's fine. But if you've never ridden one or never owned one and you're and you're talking a bunch of crap about it, well, you know, that's that's disingenuous. Mm-hmm. I would definitely have an Extaval, hands down. Oh yeah, that's my that's my favorite Ducati right now. Those are those are good looking bikes for sure. Yeah, that 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 bike speaks to me, and it's fun to ride. It's a willy machine. It's it's just it looks just aggressive, mean. The whole man package is in this bike, pretty much. <laughs> yep. Well, Brother Hogan, what do you think about the 
possible, well, not possible, it's it's a thing now, but the V4 Panigale, does that interest you at all? I know you're not a huge fan of their twins, but are you excited yeah. more with the V4? Well, I, I have to ride it before I give it my 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 judgment on it. But, you know, the 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 cars I've ridden, the 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 nine two nine, is it the nine two nine, right? And the um Panigale one two nine nine, ridden those bikes. Oh and the uh six five six monster. Yeah, the smaller I, ones. You're the smaller ones. I've ridden those those bikes and I was eh, I'm not too thrilled about them, but I love the way they sound when you put the aftermarket exhaust on them. That's that's really nice. I just don't like to have to switch the gears all the time. I feel that it has a you know it caps at the top speed, so when you're gunning it and trying to get as much horsepower out of it as you can, it just seems like it just falls flat. You know, coming from the Yamaha, when I could just choke it to death through the gears, you know, it's kind of hard to do that in the Ducati. And I, you know, after riding a Yamaha for so long, you know, I just think that was just a, an annoyance for me. You know, coming from a Yamaha to a Ducati, but o- over and over, other than that. I guess uh, the Ducati bikes, they, the styling is sexy. Every every Ducati that comes out, it's it's, just, it's a sexy looking bike. It's Italian, you know. You got the Ferraris and everything uh, coming from the Italian, so this bike has to speak that same language. Um, so the thing that has bothered me with this bike, with the with the V4, is the way it sounds. You know, when you listen to the uh, the, uh, the 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 motors motor as it screams down the street it's just it just sounds mean this bike it's kind of tingy it kind of had like a little tingy sound to it it was just a little annoying to me and just maybe it's just that stock exhaust that's on it and once you maybe switch that out well to it'll be, help it out to be fair it is twice the rpm of modus <laughs> right well, and the other right. the other thing you got to keep in mind is that this is based on the moto gp style motor it's going to sound like a moto gp engine mm-hmm. which which is sort of tingy yeah it's just the nature of the beast yeah yeah so i guess you know i guess just that that's the only thing i could say about it right now because i haven't ridden it that it's kind of annoying but it is a sexy bike i love it if i had the money i would definitely have one but uh right now i just yeah visually i don't I don't know that it changed all that much from the twin, but since since Rogue has studied this a little better than us, is there any other standout feature on the new Panigale that you would call out aside from just it having a V4 now? Well, what about um, the rear end? Well, the fairing shapes have definitely changed. I, I kind of feel like the um, you know the outgoing twelve nine nine is a little more of a slender profile, like when you actually look at it from the front, let's say, or maybe the front three-quarter view. When you compare the two, um, you can definitely tell that there's a little extra bulk that the fairing is having to go around because, you know, <laughs> the, the, the V4 engine is, is going to have a wider crank profile than, than the V-twin. But I think they've done a really good job. I mean, I have to be completely honest that I think the, the current Panigale styling is probably the most amazing amazing visual design over a functional object that that you could actually like see on a motorcycle for me personally i mean 
I love the look of the R1s as well. I love the look of the, you know, the BMW, uh, the S1000 RRs. But, you know, the, the Panigale to me is just like almost yeah. the, the true distillation of of beauty formed over a mechanical object. Uh, so it was going to be it was going to be hard for them to to beat or match that. But I, th- I think they've done a really good job. It's like poetry, Hogan. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, you know, and I have to like, echo what he's saying. It is just truly a, a, a very sharp, I think every angle on this bike is just shaped to just draw your eye towards it, you know, kind of like a Lamborghini or something like every little, every, you look at it different and you get a different perspective of the bike. And it's just like that on this particular bike with every small detail is just carved into this bike to just make it that much sexier and that much more aerodynamic. It's almost like a fighter jet, like some of these curves and lines on this bike. I love the rear end. I like the front end. Like I said, the fairing. I love how the exhaust comes down and points down at this, you know, down towards the ground like a street sweeper. It's just a sexy bike. I I love it. I I think actually my only criticism would be with the underbelly exhaust is that the the silver part of the heat shield just makes the bottom part of the motorcycle seem seem a little more heavy. I think the the current the current twelve nine nine exhaust does the same thing in a slightly more elegant manner. But I mean, I understand that, you know, this is all that it has to be this way because of Euro four regulations and sound regulations and all that. But, you know, if you take a look at the, that, the Acra racing system that, that they have available, I mean, that, that absolutely, yeah, well, that absolutely cleans up the, the lines on the, on the bottom of the motorcycle, you know, it makes that whole belly area just seem a little bit lighter. Yeah. The, the V4 uh, Special, they call it, and I think that's not street legal. If I'm, if I understand that, that the bottom of that really is sharp. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Because that's that's got that Acro system on it. But I don't, I don't know. Like from the side, I'm, I see a lot of similarities with the old bike. But like you said, from the front or that front three quarter, then you see a lot of the angular shapes, the sharp lines. But from the side, I'm getting you know, very much of the outgoing model yeah definitely i think probably the biggest change is the way they really tied the fairing into the tank and i think that's sort of a styling cue that they they brought over or they they started that styling cue with the um the super sport that they put out what the middle of last year was it yeah oh i want to ride that one that's the one i do want to ride yeah yeah but that's that's the only real big thing that I see that's sort of like a, a a different sort of styling cue. Yeah, and I like what they're doing with the LED lights on this thing too. Yeah. Oh, super sharp. Man, so good looking from the front. Yep. Sexy. Yep. All right, moving on. That's I'd say, all right, fellas, we that's <laughs> that's one. <laughs> <laughs> only thirty-seven more to go. <laughs> right. Uh, well, let's get back to something maybe a little closer to Rogue's heart in terms of um, Honda CB1000R. So uh, I guess sort of a super sports naked with a retro feel. What do you think about this one? Uh, that is a stunning looking motorcycle. I think I think Honda knocked it out of the park. I mean, it's just a lot of people are saying it looks a little too cafe, and I guess I'm I'm not really... I'm not really getting that vibe from it. This this doesn't look retro to me. It's it's much more angular. Um, it just it has a much more modern vibe to it that I'm seeing. But uh, 
yeah, no, it's just, it's, that's a beautiful motorcycle. I would, I would absolutely ride one of those. Yeah. I'm, I kind of agree with you. I was looking for the retro theme. I mean, aside from the tail, I'm going, where's the retro? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. It's naked, but <laughs> so now we put, you put a straight tail on the back and it's a cafe racer. I guess I, you know, that, that, that seems to be the, the flavor du jour. <laughs> that's you know? the trademark. It's the trademark. Yeah. And you know, maybe the only other cue that I can see that people might be taking away is like the, the, the knee indentations in the tank. Like yeah, that's, I like that. you know, that's, that, that's really calf. That's sort of cafe inspired, but it's, I mean, show me a sport bike that doesn't have knee indents in it. Right. I mean, yeah. wh- why, why is that a cafe racer styling? A Hogan Brown seat required in this thing? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> they missed it. Yeah. So they nailed the it thing, like 8.5. Yeah, the only thing I would do differently on this bike is the the uh, the can on the side of it. That's the only thing I would do differently. And I would change that out immediately and take off that rear tire cover. <laughs> Those things would be gone first first day. Yeah. yeah, but I, I love I love that they're moving to the rear tire cover because what that means is that it, it just it makes tail tidies sort of obvious, yeah. right? Because if it didn't have that, it would have this gigantic trestle bridge coming looking up. structure coming yeah. off of the ascent. <laughs> right, body, right. You know, so like the I, I appreciate where they're going with that, and and I think you could you could actually clean that up a little bit <laughs> to make it look more presentable, but. Yeah, I kind of feel also that it, the exhaust is just, it's overdone. But again, regulations, yeah. Euro 4, right. and I guess what? I mean, Euro 5 is looming in the distance, which is going to be even more stringent. So everybody's probably just clamping down. And, and they know, they almost always know that the first thing that people are going to do is bend the exhaust, right? I mean, you're just going <laughs> to, yep. you're going to take, you're going to take this bike home. You were already going to have the exhaust ordered. And you were right. immediately going to strip all that off and, and put your own exhaust on. Day one. <laughs> yeah, that. Now, now we have a question. I need a sawzall sound. <laughs> we have a question. Go ahead. From Brother Bacon. Brother Bacon. He's asking about what about the quarter fairing? The quarter fairing in the front. What? what are you talking about? The quarter fairing. The quarter fairing on what? This to be our 1000. There is no quarter fairing. Yeah, I'm like, what? You're talking about that little piece that attaches onto the radiator? Yeah, those are radiator shrouds. Hey, yeah. I'm just saying what's coming in for the live stream. Yeah, we'll, okay. okay. I wouldn't call that part of the... Fairing. Yeah, that's, mm, that's not much. Well, yeah, it, it, you, you're, he, he's got a point, though. That does kind of draw your eye to the front of the bike. That silver piece in the front. It's like, huh. That's the muscular structure of the front. Like that, those are the those are the broad shoulders that sort of tell you that this bike is not joking around, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is the yeah. this is the one thousand baby one thousand. <laughs> exactly. This is the one thousand. <laughs> you see that big radiator? <laughs> right. It's a leader, baby. It cold down this dragon. All right. Anyway, impersonations aside. <laughs> so what are we looking at here, bike wise? This is based off the new Fireblade, correct? Sport I bike, I believe, is yeah. what they're what they call that one. Based on, yeah, isn't the the new CBR one thousand R and double R? Isn't that then they call that the Fireblade? Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, I, calling this based on that, I think, would be a little premature. Okay, 
I'm well, just, just because at... like this this doesn't appear to have like a sport bike spar frame on it or anything like that. This probably just has a, a backbone frame that that, that Does, hangs doesn't come all the way down. down. Yeah, but it's probably the same motor or based on the same motor. Sure. Sorry, I didn't mean to get all typical, <laughs> like, you know, specific on here. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. I'm just trying to line up the lineage. That's all. Right. I'm just gonna sip. I'm just gonna go over here and sip my bourbon really loudly. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> what uh? What about John? We'll get John's thought before we move to the next one. I think you were eyeballing this one as a pretty nice looking bike. Yes, it's a were pretty nice looking bike. Yeah, it is. A little too much motor for you. Right for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Anything 1,000. That's too much motor. I'd love to see John ride a leader bike. Oh, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't want to have to pick him up. I'd, I'd, I'd love to see this bike with like a brushed aluminum tank. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Like if, if, you, if you really want to go the retro route, I think that would just, that would really set it off. But Yeah. You're right. That would look nice to match all the other pieces. Yeah. With a brown seat. Oh, oh. forget about it. I'm done. I'm all over yeah. it. That'd be cool. <laughs> You know, Rich, always gets him with the brown seat. Always. <laughs> always. You know something, Rich? Yes, sir. Rogue just mentioned something. We you forgot to ask him what he was drinking. Yeah, he kind of slipped that in. So Oh, yeah. I'm drinking uh Woodford Reserve bourbon. That a boy. Yeah. That's what we had in Atlanta. Yep. Nice. It's good stuff. It is. Good as a mixer and just as good straight up. Straight up. What a nice cigar. Whew. All right. Well, we'll leave further comment on the CB1000R until we get to ride some of these, but kind of digging the style for now. Horsepower. Horsepower right. looks good. 143.5. Well, let's continue on the retro theme, and let's take a look at Kawasaki's Z900RS. I don't know if you've looked at this one yet, Mr. Hogan. Do you have a thought here? Kawasaki. Hold on. I need to get there. New retro standard. So my sort of my first look at this was from Cycle World. So their title says Kawasaki Z900 RS Cafe gives Kawasaki's new retro standard the full cafe racer treatment. Why can't I frame that? I'm digging this one. We'll come back to Hogan. Oh wait, wait, wait! There it is. There it is. I'm uh, sorry, I didn't know. I I didn't actually open that link. Apologize. Well, okay, we'll give okay. you some like compensation like for the bandwidth down there. <laughs> I like the front end. How they did with that? That's kind of cool. I like the green, the black. I think they kind of went traditional with the color scheme. I can dig it. Kind of that old school. Now this one from the side. So we were talking about the. What do we call them, Rogue? The side panels on the radiator? What do we call those? <laughs> the, the, the radiator shrouds? Radiator shrouds. Now, this one doesn't have any of that. And I think that's a, I think that's the way to go with these bikes. That, that cleans it up. The, on, on the Honda, just like you said, draws your eye there too much. This way, your eye draws up to the, the green and white paint and the little fairing on the front. And then just the radiator just kind of blends away. Uh, I don't seat. know. You might say it blends away. To me, I say it makes it stick out more just because now I know it's a radiator. Well, I don't like any radiator, but, you know, yeah. if you got to have one. Yeah. I, for for what this motorcycle is trying to do, which is, you know, it's trying to 
it is that throwback motorcycle. And for me, this this is a hard pass for me. I'm just I'm not a fan of this traditional styling, like the whole bullet fairing. Mm-hmm. Um, like this, this just screams we're trying too hard. And unfortunately, <laughs> they're trying too hard, like five years too late. It's like, look at me. This is definitely retro. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the retro craze is really it's past its zenith. By now, you know, it's it's sort of we're, we're on the downward slope of the retro craze, at least I hope. <laughs> so for but, your for your money, it needs to be more modern and just sort of tip the cap to the retro. Right. Which is which is, again, what I loved about the Honda and, you know, the, the radiator shrouds, you can say that they're they're large and they draw your eye toward it. But to me, like that, that's a styling cue like that. That is the that is their purpose for being there. Um, and that is what clues you into that it, it's a more modern design, and it's only a tip of the hat to the retro. And again, I don't even understand what the, what the retro is, except for the fact that the tail was, you know, somewhat uh, retro inspired. But yeah, for this bike, this is this is Kawasaki going all in for the hey, we're doing a cafe racer, you know. Yeah, I would I would put it in the '70s era, you know, with the the round fairing. You know, they've got the tubular chrome or stainless piece around the back. Yep. So it, yeah, it's definitely taking you into the 70s era. Yeah. I mean, I'm, sure, I'm sure this is a great motorcycle. But yeah, for me, it's, it's it, for me, it's a hard pass style-wise. I'm just like, I'm not interested in having a motorcycle that looks like that. And, and if I was, I think they made, oh man, I think there was a, a Kawasaki 1100 from the 80s that looks similar to this. The ZRX. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I I would have one of those before I would have this, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, those were nice. Personal, personally, personally, in my humble opinion, I feel like I need to qualify that. <laughs> so what do, what do you think, Rico? Let's look. So you buy one of these two bikes, either the, the CB1000R or Kawasaki Z900RS five years from now. Which one do you see still being a good looking bike? Kawasaki Z nine hundred. Oh, you do? Okay. See now I was mm-hmm. I was siding more of the brogue in that one. I was thinking this looks pretty cool now, but five years from now you're gonna be like, Oh, why were they doing that? Versus I think the Honda would be a little more modern. Yeah, I think with the front end, how they got the, the front fairing on this bike, I think it's gonna and that rear end, how that whole tail section in this front end kind of echoes back to the past i think they got uh, something that will just stay um in the lineup as far as those retro authentic looking cafe racer bikes that they're trying to kind of keep going this one this one looks more to me like a cafe racer than the other one yeah i feel like the shelf life on that cafe style is coming to a close though that's just my I don't know. It, it, well, you know, it depends on where you are. I know over in Europe and everything, the cafe races are hardcore. You know, that's all what they're all about over there. It's just here, we we get little, you know, little fragments of it. But over there, it's 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 on overdrive. You're even catching some of these in Costa Rica, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Or at least not. Not off the showroom floor, but people but, applying yeah, that regular, treatment. Yeah, strip, strip down. Yeah, yeah. True cafe racers where they don't have, they've minimized as much as they can and just out riding them. And it's a beautiful thing. I got, I got pictures. I think I've shared it with, with you yeah. for the most part. But yeah, 
And I love seeing them. I just run over and take a picture, start talking to the guys. <laughs> cool. Well, before we move off this one, John, thoughts on what Kawasaki's doing here? So I'll give you a couple inputs. I'll go with Rogue and you on this. Yeah. It's not one I'd take in the bike in the, in the garage. But I do see Rico's point where it is hitting the 70s cafe style. And to give input from the from the live stream, Mr. Rogers says that's ho- ho- hideous. <laughs> and, and Brother Bacon agrees. <laughs> okay, Roger so, doesn't like it. Got it. It's the Bacon green. doesn't like it. Got it. So, so Rico's the, the only one that really loves it. I didn't love it. I say I can respect where they're going with it. I mean, I wouldn't. If I had to, I would buy one and say, hey, anybody got a cafe racer? Yeah, Rico's got one. Yeah, I'll ride it. Kind of like that. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Because I got to hang out with a couple other cafe bikes and I need a cafe bike on the spot, you know, so I would, you know, whatever. Well, ba- know. Bacon's got a good point, and I'll challenge both bikes with this. When you get off of it and walk away, do you turn around and look back or you just keep right on walking? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you probably keep on walking. Keep walking. They're both a fail. Yeah. Let's move on to yeah. my baby. Oh, my baby. The Which one that you missed? I'm all in a tizzy about the naming. I just got comfortable with it being an FJ09 and an MT09 tracer in Europe and elsewhere. And now Yamaha is going to mix it up. But they released a new model. The 20, actually it'll be a 2019 model when it comes out. Tracer 900 gt so let's just think fj09 with everything you wanted on it to begin with now rogue i know you like this one i do spill it i do <laughs> um yeah no i think i mean for for probably what this is going to come in cost wise this is going to be like the the bargain of the century for people who are hunting for an almost do it all kind of sport uh, upright sport touring bordering on adventure i wouldn't take this in the dirt kind of thing but yeah it's it this 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 ticks all the boxes for that the only my only complaint is the back end styling is just a little weird but yeah yeah, it's a minor it's a minor gripe what they did with those those handles was unnecessary Uh, yeah they probably could have tied them together or something i mean right now they just kind of look they look a little unfinished but yeah minor gripe i think i think this uh, this bike is definitely going to crush all of the competition in its price category. And, and yeah. continuing with the radiator shroud pieces, <laughs> I am not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Just make yeah. the damn bike black, okay? Don't put uh, well, those nope. stupid silver panels on the side. If you if you get one of these, you could easily take those off and plasti dip them black. That's probably what I would do. They would do it at the dealership, or I would break someone's finger. Like <laughs> this is just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to put it yeah, mildly, this is this is the multi strata for people who don't want to put down multi strata money, right? <sighs> well, there are people who like their their junk. I don't like mine mashed up against the seat all day. That's why I don't like the multi strata. <laughs> Uh, yep. Let's not go back there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John, save us. Oh, um, awesome bike. So, so this is a bike that you actually missed. 
with all the news coming out, you missed this bike. And I was in, in the mode of nobodies were talking about it because, you know, amps, you know, drone over the same bike. Mm-hmm. And and you go across these. I'm like, yeah, it has heated grips and cruise control and cruise like, control. What? And you're like, no, it doesn't. And I'm like, yes, it does. And then you went looking, you go, oh, it does. I missed it. Totally so, missed it. so rich, would you take it? Ah, uh, I don't. Well, here, here's the thing. Money wise, the problem with this bike is it's such a darn good deal from the beginning. What's a darn good deal? How much is it? Well, I don't know what the GT is going to be. It's, the current FJ09 is uh, about ten five. How can they do that? How can they make this motorcycle that cheap? I know, right? But, sorry, go go ahead. <laughs> well, and then you find you always find leftovers like not two weeks ago i was in the local dealership here and they had three 16s they were selling for 83.99 good grief zero miles on them so i think the problem with this bike is there's probably going to be 13 grand which is still a great value still a bargain still 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 a great value but while you have 16s and 17s and Heck, even some 15s laying around in that $8,000 range. That's a, that's a tough sell. Cause I'd, cause I'd buy a 16 for eight, five all day. If I had it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, as I was talking offline with Rich about this, I fear it'd be right around the 13 because the base model I'd fear would be right around the 10. You, the Connie or the FJR is at 16, five. So you're going to price this right in the middle of those two. Yeah. I don't think it can go a dollar over 13 grand or it's just you're going to just open the door for too many other bikes to look to go shop at. Are you talking about the GT, the one that comes with the bags? And- yeah, correct. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what you, you're getting close to that now. If you, you know, if you pay full, full till at 10.5, the, the bags with the hardware, because you have to buy them as accessories, they're a little over a grand all in, mm-hmm. you know, and then you have taxes and everything. So, you know, you're getting up to $12,000 anyway. So yeah. you take the stuff they've added, the heated grips, cruise control, you know, bigger adjustable windshield, all the other little bits they've done. You know, I can see this 12, 5, 13 for sure. Does this one get a TFT display as well? Oh, I that, yeah, either. it gets a beautiful screen. It looks a lot like yeah. what's in the R1. That's, there's, there's value in that for sure. Yeah. But if you go over 13, now you can go shopping a lot of other places. You think what? What else? What, what would you? What would you go for if it if it clicked over thirteen? The FJR. Well, but I mean, yeah, the FJR sixteen five. You're only going to be a couple but, thousand away from the big FJR. That's kind of a different thing, though, right? I mean, that's that's a sport touring motorcycle. That's a little more of a tuck position. This is more of the upright. You know, like I'm I'm not so sure that the, there's that much cross pollination between somebody looking at a FJR versus looking at this. Well, but the, the FJR is much more of a proper sport touring bike because it's shaft driven, you know, it's smoother. You you still do sit upright. It looks more sporty than than you sit. You you do sit in a similar position. But the FJR is more fully fared, right? It is. And it's a bigger bike, it's a longer chassis, it's a much bigger engine. Yeah. I mean this 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 bike is for the guy that wants like the the BMW 1000XR but can't afford it, right? Or the Multistrada and can't afford it. Well, the XR even starts at 16. You'll never find one for 16. 
<laughs> no, no BMW dealer ever orders the base model. No, I know, but I'm just saying if this, so let's say the GT is going to be 14, right? Just, just for argument's sake. And you, and you really have your mindset on an XR. It's only a couple thousand dollars. Yes. You won't have the bags, but if that's a bike you want, it's not that, it's not that much of a stretch is what I'm saying. If you're talking about shopping value, there has to be enough value that it just sucks the oxygen out of the room. And that's what it does right now at 10.5. Right. Like, right. The conversation it's, on another bike just a non-starter. Dumb. It's dumb yeah. not to get it at that yeah. price. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be an idiot not to buy it at that it's price. It's like, good night. So. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I do. But man, that Yamaha Triple, that is, that is some special sauce. <laughs> it is. That is, that is <laughs> that quite motor. a piece. Oh. Have you ridden it, Rogue? I have not. I've just heard them. <laughs> I, I don't want to ride one because I know I'll take one home. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I put a nice, good 40, 45 minute test drive on one. And that pretty much sold it for me. Yeah. And then in California, I spent a weekend on the, the brother, the FZ09. Mm-hmm. Enough to know that, God, I love that platform but i just i don't want to ride the way you sit on the fz but the engine the platform just i'm like yeah this is probably the next bike damn it is is there a difference in seating position between the fz and the fj it it's a tad more aggressive in the fz tighter in the feet and a slight lean forward gotcha yeah that makes sense it's it's a more it's more of an aggressive bike i guess right a little bit yeah that's more of your sport naked yeah but yeah this is a, f- a phenomenal bike this and holy cow if this comes in at like 10 9 if they only add like 500 bucks to it right like i said you can just that just suck the oxygen out of the market well this is the bike that you buy two of and then you just force your friend to ride one right you're like we're going on a trip yeah here <laughs> you've always wanted gonna, to do it you're gonna ride a motorcycle and enjoy it I was going to buy a new breakout, but I bought two of these instead. Right. <laughs> yeah. That XR is a nice piece though. You should ride that rogue. Yeah. just, everything I read about it sounds great, but every single, every single review always talks about the, the vibration. And that's just something that I, <laughs> I don't really enjoy. Yeah. I guess, I mean, if you're going to ride it across country, I guess that would annoy you, but depends on how far you ride before you stop anyway. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, you know, but wh- why do why do we even look at motorcycles like this if we're not dreaming in the back of your head? Like, I am going to get on this motorcycle and start riding, and I'm just not going to stop until I hit, you know, hit the opposite coast. Like that's that's the dream they're selling you, right? Well, they're they're not they're not selling you. Hey, here's something you can ride to work. Because where's the fun in that? That yeah, that's not what I mean. What I mean is more like if if I buy this kind of bike, you won't see me on the highway anymore. Like it'll just be every side and back road between here and the West Coast. Oh right, right. So I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, the XR would probably suck to ride down the interstate for six hours at a clip. But, but why would you? But yeah, why would you with that bike? Gotcha. That's that's more what I was digging at. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're going to be up and down in the rev range and throwing it around corners and things like that. I that I just don't see you. You know, just parking it at 5500 and running down the interstate. Gotcha. Yeah. But you could. Someone obviously did because they complained about the vibration. <laughs> yeah, enough people have griped <laughs> about it. I'm sure it's been done. 
<laughs> mm. So I guess we'll get, let's get Hogan's opinion. You've not ridden this bike, but you've heard me fawn about it for over a year now. Changes do anything for you? Did we lose Rico? Must have. Oh. Did I put you to sleep? And he's calling back. <laughs> I did put you to sleep. Look at that. <laughs> Sorry. I will just <laughs> go on there. He's like, I'm tapping out. No, you no. guys are in an FJ09 love fest over here. I'm done. I know there's too much jizz flying around this place for this bike. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, break it up a little bit. What do you think about this? Honestly, and you don't have to sugarcoat it. Really? I think it's ugly. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I've said it's ugly. I, but... I think it looks like a, a retarded praying mathis with big hips. Oof. <laughs> big. Matching color painted hips. Yeah. I mean, watch out, my hand is coming through. That's how big these hips are. <laughs> it comes with two sticks of butter. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, really? It's, just, it's that ugly to you, huh? Yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, sorry, I just kind of fell asleep. You guys are like jizzes all over it, but uh, yeah, I don't see the appeal. <laughs> all the more reason to get one right go get it then you can look at my wide hips from behind every time we go right uh, I'll, I'll have just to leave consider the source here the guy who's telling you about wide hips rides possibly the widest motorcycle <laughs> in the universe right that Indian dude you want to talk about wide hips this is true this is true but you know, going in, she's a big girl, so you know you got to appreciate her hips. This thing is it's like a sport rocket. It's like you know, it's real nice in the from the from the head to the waist, and it just kind of fills out <laughs> from the hips down. That's kind of what this bike is. It's like you you marry the supermodel, and then after two kids, you're like, really? Right. What happened? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't know. I don't. You know, it's like uh, it's like looking like a it's like a transformer in the front. The headlights are too close, like Bumblebee's eyes on his helmet. That's what his head, the headlights look like, like Bumblebee. Yeah, and to be fair, I've never said it was an attractive bike, so. I mean, yeah, you might like it. I mean, go for it, you know, whatever, whatever floats your boat, but it's just not my cup of tea. Fair enough. So, you know, other guys might, might, might love it. And like, you, it sounds like you, you guys do. I just say this doesn't appeal to me. Ride. I, 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 that doesn't mean I won't ride it. It just doesn't appeal to me. Maybe after I ride it, my my perspective would be different. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> is is there a bike in this segment that you would like? I think I have Rico's coming up next. Oh, it'll okay. be a it'll be a Beamer. No, so let let's keep on the the sport touring tip a little bit. Okay. So we, we talked, I think it was last episode, that there's another supercharged Kawasaki coming out. Oh. And they dropped the Ninja H2SX. So take the H2 and set up the Ergos more for sport touring, which sounds like they revamped a lot of the engine to go along with that. Put 200 horsepower on tap and ride that across mm, the country. No, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit more better. That's yeah, I would do that. If I had the toss up between the two, I would definitely get this one. The ninja. 
Mm-hmm. Well, this is a much more substantial bike, and I don't see pricing on this. I expect this to be every bit of twenty grand. Oh, easy, yeah. You know, I see twenty-five single-sided swing arm, that supercharged engine. You know, better, a little better ergos for something other than riding on the track. This this is a beast. Yeah, it is. It's a lot. I can look at this a little easier than looking at the other one. But then again, this ain't that cute either. Yeah, it's it's not definitely not a looker. That's for sure. No, no, no. It's like okay, you got a four over there, and you got a five. <laughs> Which one do you take home? <laughs> we went from a four to a five. <laughs> uh, I need a few more beers so we can find some eights or nines. Yeah. <laughs> I I it, I mean, if you squint your eyes a bit, it's it's a it's a solid seven. Mm. <laughs> oh, I I would I would ride that. Absolutely. Yeah, I would ride it without yeah. without hesitation. I would ride that. Mm-hmm. That's. It's not a bad looking bike. I, I mean, I appreciate the styling of the original. You know, of, of you the H two. Tell your friends about it. That's all. What's that? You wouldn't tell your friends about it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> they would ask what you ride. You just say, "I ride a Ducati." <laughs> <laughs> just leave it at that. It's a green one. Yeah, no, I, I like the angular styling. Yeah, it, I think it's, it's nice. It, I'm I'm just busting balls, but yeah, it's it's nice. Looks heavy. It does. But I, yeah, what yeah. is the weight on this one, John? Do you know? It's a lot. It's a lot. Six hundred. I'd figure somewhere in the mid fives, right? I don't See, think it's that bad. Uh, five hundred five hundred yep, sixty-four. Yeah, that's not bad. That's mid fives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't I mean, sure, yeah, for for a sport touring. Absolutely. It's like Modus territory, right? Isn't Modus uh 550ish? Yeah. Like that. I would rather have a Modus, to be honest. Yeah, me too. If yeah, if this thing is going to be well, if it's 20 north of 25, then you're you can start looking at Modus, but if this is only 20, then you're still well, 10 grand away. Right. The, the modus is or the h2 is 25 you're still oh. a tracer away <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's talk about that you could buy a modus mstr or i could buy three um tracer 900s yep. i could take two friends with me uh-huh. yep Nah, I, I, I like I like what Modus is doing, but I'm not I'm just not their target customer. Yeah. Yeah, wrong market. Uh yeah. The the styling to me is a little flat. If they would build a slightly more aggressive looking motorcycle over top of that motor, I'd probably go all in because that motor is that motor is amazing. Oh uh, yeah. And you're starting to see a couple of used ones, so you know, getting them into the mid twenties at least as a start. Who knows? All right. Anything else on the H2? You guys want to talk about uh-huh. a big touring bike? A big what? Yeah. Touring bike? A big touring bike. So BMW says, not so fast, Honda. You're not going to get all the press with the big touring, quote unquote, American way motorcycle. 
So now we have the BMW K1600 Grand America. What do you guys think about this one? We'll start yeah. with start with John if he's not asleep. What? Uh, what, what, what? What? You want me to talk about this? Um. Hmm. Well, since you're not going to ride it, I know you're not going to ride the Goldwing. Let's just start with the style. You prefer this to the Goldwing? No, I think I like the Goldwing better. Yeah, oh, this one just looks a lot bigger. Yeah, this looks like a cat with his his back all hunched up. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wow. Rico's on odd, fire tonight. Oddly specific, but okay. <laughs> wow, Rico. <laughs> you know what's funny is after you said that, I'm looking at the picture. I'm like, you know, he's right. <laughs> it does. This is like, <laughs> well, I, I, I've got to give a nod to Bacon. Him and I were talking through email about how a lot of these sort of sport touring bikes, I know, not necessarily just this one, but the top case seems like an afterthought. Where it's like yeah. they finished the design of the bike, they were all done, and they looked at each other and was like, "Oh damn, you know what? We need a top case." Yeah, I agree. Yeah. This one's a little bit like that, where it just uh, just doesn't quite jive with the bike. I, let's be honest. I think that I think that's something that BMW has always struggled with, and I think it just has to be. It's got to be part of that German design aesthetic. I think right. I think this is just something that doesn't like. If you look at the back end of this motorcycle, it's just it's a hot it's mess. A, it is a mess, dude. It is a mess of plastic and lights <laughs> and paint, and it's just kind of like, where are you going with this? Right. right. What 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 is going on? Pick one of those four themes and stick with it. <laughs> yes, yes. But overall. Like okay, so if you if you consider that this bike is the K sixteen hundred B that they've slapped a tour pack on, yeah. like from from that point of view, like I'm I'm all in on the on the sixteen hundred B. I think that's an awesome idea, right? Because the the K sixteen hundred is an amazing platform. That straight six sixteen hundred CC motor. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, nothing nothing says silky smooth power everywhere quite like a 1600 cc straight six engine yep. especially made from bmw i mean these are the guys who you know th- their straight six car engines are a thing of legend yeah, right just so, butter you know yeah you you put this thing at a 60 degree angle in, in, in a motorcycle and it's it's just it's got to be a success but yeah the styling to me is just it's so bland like yeah. who who gets jazzed about anything bmw like the most exciting thing that they make literally is the the G twelve hundred or the uh the GSA, you know, the the R twelve hundred GSAs because mm-hmm. they're so chock a block. There's nothing about it that makes any sense, and that's the thing that works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but with this with with the man, uh, it's just it's tragic. Like you think, wanna like it. You yeah, I want think you to nailed like it, it because the yeah. uh the sixteen hundred B I think is not not a bad looking piece, but then you throw that that yep. top case on there, it's just like what it destroys it. It destroys it. <laughs> I'd rather get the GTL, right? Mm-hmm. But even that yep. sort of looks very pedestrian. Like I, I don't think their designs are aging well. Hmm. For me personally, maybe it's just me. But you nah, know, I'm with you. Looks very you know, heavy in the front too. 
if you if you yeah. look back at some of the R twelve hundred GTs, like the street bikes, you know, the ones that were cop cop motorcycles and stuff like that, those are starting to look really weird now. It just doesn't age well. Hmm. I don't know. All right. That's my two cents. could almost be cross-sided. Yeah. Oh, oh, one other thing. So the the new uh the new GSAs get like this super awesome TFT panel in them. And you're telling me that you're going to sell a thirty thousand uh, dollar cross country Grand America, blah blah blah, and still put dial gauges on it that are almost impossible to read? <laughs> yeah, and I that, mean, and that tiny microfiche LED screen at the top. Oh, it's just it's yeah. horrible. It's horrible. Sad. It was so sad. So yeah, sad. It's real sad. It's real sad. <laughs> so sad. All right, let's not drive away all the BMW fans at once. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I want. They, let me. I, just, like I want to. Bikes. I want to love this motorcycle. I want to love it because of the motor. And honestly, like the motor, if I had the money, I'd probably buy a 1600B just for the motor and that reason alone. Yeah, I like it. I I've been wanting to ride. You know, the 1600B is definitely on the list of things that I'm itching to ride. Yeah, but, but just. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't need that case. I, if, I, if I'm going to go full touring, I think it would just rather have the GTO. Like you said, it's just more. It just is what it is. Vanilla. Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. trying Vanilla. to be anything Vanilla, except yeah. for a cross country touring motorcycle. Yeah. All right, moving on. The complete right. opposite direction. So, builders from America don't want to be left out of the party in Europe. So. Indian figured they would drop their FTR 1200 Scout. Now, Brother Hogan, mm-hmm. we stopped watching flat track racing because I'm not going to lie. It was getting boring. Yeah. But I'm not going to take of- anything away from the team. You know, the riders are top notch. They built an amazing motorcycle for the series. So, you know, good on them for that. I don't want to take anything away. Mm-hmm. And then they announced the that you could buy the FTR 750 for... Was it eighty thousand dollars or something ridiculous? Sixty thousand dollars. Fifty. Fifty. Now we're going to get a more street worthy version. Oh, and that was track. That was track only. So now the FTR twelve hundred, take that really cool flat track trellis frame, stuff the regular Scout eleven thirty three V twin in there. Mm-hmm. Some crazy looking high pipe, some S and S, and you got yourself a street tracker, my friend. Yeah, and what's with uh, Indian creating these bikes that you know likes to rust, roast your nuts? I mean, what is that? It's bad enough you get to hear your nuts sizzle as you ride down the street. They got to make more money. Jeez, what is it? Are they <laughs> Look owned, how high that pipe is? Are they owned by the Planners Corporation? <laughs> I guess so, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It it looks like it, yeah. I'm sure it's a fun bike to ride. You know, it's got to be crazy quick because the scout is no joke. I mean, just imagine shaving all that weight. Yeah. You don't have the refri- you don't have the refrigerator behind the front wheel anymore. I mean, looks good. And this is coming from an Indian fan, folks. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, I, I just, you know, I'm glad they changed it up with this particular one because, you know, okay, it's just like what they did with the bobber. Yeah. You, you know, you put. You put the mirrors on the on the side of the handlebars. You get a a a, um, a seat that's just kind of 
blacked out the size so it looks like it's floating in the air and you call it a bobber come on really yeah this is really its own thing and it's it's cool exactly yeah they yeah this isn't going to be a production bike though i mean this is a one-off wasn't it no this is the one coming to the street no yes sir. yeah are you sure Mm -hmm. yep uh okay Mm -hmm. i don't see how they could have possibly passed this one pass for, for regulations but if you say it is yeah, they not, did it. not available yet, but I understand this is going to be something yeah, you can custom. get. Yeah. Custom motor. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's hot. I like it, man. Yeah. I'd, I'd ride, I'd ride the snot out of it. Oh, hell yeah. For sure. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I just like how they just totally chopped it up and just made it. Like you said, with the trellis frame, there's not much you can do with the motor, but they did a good job with it. They, they, they cut, looks like they cut the radiator in half push it up top and uh, made it, you know, something that looks like you can flick, flick it around easily. So kudos. The only thing I, I will kind of be hesitant about is the, the high pipes under your, under your leg there. Uh, well, that heat coming off of, but yeah, I guess you have to ride it to see, right? You're not going to ride this bike for long distances anyway. So, all right. Just to clarify from Indians website, they say, the Scout FTR 1200 Custom is an exploration of what a street legal tracker could look like, but I I think this is gonna, I think this is gonna be production at some point. It just it feels like it. There's too too much work gone into this thing. Mm-hmm. We said that about the Livewire too, and we all know what happened with that. Yeah, wah, wah. Well, I will I will be impressed with Indian if they actually bring this to the street in in any form that looks. Like this, even remotely similar to this, right? Yeah, I just, I just have a feeling that it would get sterilized. Like rear fender, gigantic uh, plate holder, chain guard. I mean, it's gonna look freaking ugly. It has a front fender. Probably would have. It does have a front fender. Yeah. It it doesn't have any signal turning signals on it. Right. And you probably moved the exhaust. Yeah. Yeah, they'll probably have to put the exhaust lower. But hey, you know, for a design exercise, it's 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 sweet. That's that's for sure. I'm I'm all for getting this thing on the street. I mean, I whatever they need to do to bring this out as something you can buy and ride down the street, they need to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because the other thing oh. is, it's just a big kick in the teeth to Harley for not putting anything proper out in this category. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Sexy. Cool. All right, John. Any thoughts? I won't leave you out. No, it looks awesome. Looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, and sorry. I guess I got ahead of myself a little bit. I thought this was. I misread. Uh, I thought this was um, prime time, but still custom. Yeah, yeah. It's still nice though. See, Rico, I was getting excited about an Indian. Come on. Yeah, yeah. You gotta I mean, give me that. I, I would too. And you know what? Be, being an Indian owner, it is getting a little boring. I mean, there is only so much you can do with the bikes mm-hmm. uh, to make them different. I mean, you can color it any kind you want, but, you know, they still, I think they still need to work the motor, work something around that right under the tank area. I think they need to do something there. I don't know. It's just something about it. It's, it's missing something. It's, it's, it doesn't have that grand something. I can't think of a word to use. Grandiose something or other. It's just blah. It's, it's just black. You know, 
It's just, eh, uh-huh. I don't know. You know, but it's, I love to ride it. It's comfortable for long distance, you know, but other than that, eh. Yeah. Eh. All right. Well, this bike, there's no mistaking. This one you can buy because one of our guys, Mike, in the clubhouse actually went and rode one of these today. So Harley Davidson announced their, I believe this is the ninth model on the new Softail platform. And this is the Sport Glide. So think what the Dyna Switchback used to be, except now it's on the Softail platform. You have detachable hard bags on the side, and you have a small detachable fairing, sort of like the Street Glide, just just smaller and and no real windscreen to speak of. Uh, It does have inverted forks, 107 cubic inch Milwaukee 8. $18,599. Eighteen thousand five ninety nine. It's yours, Hogan. What do you think? I can tell you really like this bike because all the 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 things you just rattle off here about it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I might have read a little bit about this one. A little bit about it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I like it. I mean, it's 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 a nice nice looking bike, and I think this just speaks to you. It's got the saddles on the side. It's got the small fairing in the front. I mean, it's just enough. I'm loving it. This is like this is like a small evolution of my bike. You know, the new Softail platform, new Milwaukee 8, give me some yeah. some hard bags that I can still take off and strip the bike down. A little bit of a fairing, no windshield. Yep. Nailed it. This is it's all you right here, baby. Yep. Yeah. And the same price that I paid for the Deuce 10 years ago. There it is. Which is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the list price of my bike 10 years ago. Dang. There you oh. go. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. So, Rogue, I know you've got the big cross country. I what, do. What do you yeah. think of this thing from Harley? I'm I'm going to have to use your own argument against you that we that we did with the the FJ09 and that is the $2,000 price difference between this and the entry model street glide. Why not just get the street glide? Like if you want a, if you want yeah. a touring capable bike, if you want a bag capable bike, why not just step up? Cause you can't strip it down and make it a cruiser. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll give it to you. So I've actually gone full circle. I went from, Oh my God, I'm going to buy this. I need to sell a kidney to, <laughs> And I've come back to, no, I would be a fool to buy this because I want the Road King Special too much. Right. And that's that's right. a proper touring bike on the touring platform with real hard bags and, and no fairing. I don't, I don't care about a fairing anyway, but that's the bike I really like. It's the Road King Special. It's a beautiful bike. You should get one. I should. Or I'll come yeah. ride yours when you get it. No, because I know you I like see, it too. Here's here's my problem. Here's my problem with Harley Davidson is that I fall in and out of love with them probably three times per year, mm. and right now I'm sort of in my down phase. Oh. And yeah, it's it's nothing that they've done wrong. It's just you know if you want to talk about a company that is just completely homogenized. It's Harley Davidson, and you know they've. <laughs> You you can't make thirty different motorcycles with all the same crap, right? Because it, wow. it it becomes transparent to the end user. Like you look at them and you're like, that's the same bike except it has a slightly different headlight or it has a slightly different front wheel. Like I can appreciate what they're trying to do. It's you know they're trying to throw 
a thousand designs of the wall and see which one sticks and then be like, yep, we met our sales goal. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, this, this motorcycle looks great. I love everything that it stands for yet. I would never in a million years want one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that's the problem with what I think that's what killed the switchback originally is everyone was like, okay, that seems like a cool idea. I have the, I have my cruiser or I can put the bags and windshield on it. And I have my light touring bike, mm. but then you realize, well, it's not really a proper touring bike and it's not a great looking cruiser. Cause it's not really the cruiser that you want, or at least not yeah. that I want. I'll speak for myself. It's a compromise for both, right? Yeah. So I'm looking S- at the pricing such again. That neither one is really good. The Rogue King special is less than I thought. It's 21 nine is what it starts at. Yeah. And if you want to really make the case for this bike being a fail, the road King Eighteen nine. Oh, you could just get the regular road king. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, if if yeah. you if you look at it in that context, I mean, why would you why would you not just go for the touring platform? Yeah, I think you're right. I don't know. It's I I, I have a soft tail. I like it. I like them. I guess is what I'm saying. I have a soft spot for it. No pun intended. But <laughs> I'm I'm just itching. I haven't ridden a new platform. I need to. You know, I've ridden a couple of bikes with the Milwaukee Eight but not something like this, which is less than 700 pounds fueled and ready to go. Right. Right. So yeah, I like to ride it. And I know Mike in our clubhouse, he's all into it. He rode it today and he's all in. So we may have one to see in person here before long, (laughs) the way he's going with it. Awesome. But yeah, 21 nine for the road King special. I'd, I'd make that jump and buy that bike all day. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful bike. It really is. Yep. Even in that pukey green color, I'd still buy it in that color. I like the pukey green. If I was going to buy one, I would probably try to find one in that color. If I was to get that pukey green, I'd get it in the fat boy. Mm. <laughs> All righty. Mm-hmm. Anything else, Hogan? Any other thoughts on this one? Nah, you know what? I like it. I, you know, I, I like where their head was at with this because, you know, even you were talking about. Uh, for your bike, something with this type of fairing on the front, um, kind of minimalist, not something too much to kind of block, you know, too much wind from your chest. Uh, I think this speaks to what you're looking to do with your bike, but just couldn't pull it off for some reason. And I think they nailed it because it's kind of a uh, go between um, your bike and the street glide. It's like right in the middle. Maybe it's the non-committal motorcycle. You can't quite commit to the touring bike, and you can't quite commit to the cruiser. Yeah, I can see <laughs> so that. So it leaves yeah. you kind of waffling in the middle. Yeah. And this, you know, I see, I can see the appeal because at first glance, you're like, wow, that's pretty neat. But then when you start thinking about it, yeah, you know. Um, and you're you like, know, well, the bags are small. I can't put much in there. and Right. But if you're uh, a minimalist and you don't ride what what made me a, a, a change of pants and a t-shirt and your toothbrush. I mean, that's, that's enough. Good to go. Right. You throw your laptop in the side, your, your microphone and your shirt and your, your underwear on the other side and you're on, you're on the road. And the rest of it goes in John's frunk. Exactly. <laughs> you you got to have to, I mean, you like, you have to ask the question at some point though, what, what brought us to the point of actually needing a motorcycle that sits so squarely on a fence, right? Because yeah. thinking back into the history of motorcycle riding, 
you know, especially back in the 60s and the 70s, there was no such thing as, well, oh, I guess the, the FLH had bags. But, you know, most people just got a sissy bar and roped it, you know, roped right. a duffel bag to it, right? Like, wh- uh, why yeah. why do we need to further break down this bagger segment into the, this is like the bagger light, you know? It's not quite a bagger. It's not quite not a bagger. It's it's right in the middle. It's exactly what you need for your weekend trips. You know, like what what brought us to this point? It's all the guys riding these Harleys with penny loafers on. That's what <laughs> it is. Nice. It's, I blame them for everything. That's exactly why. Damn penny loafers. Right. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, I think you're you're hitting it. You're hitting the nail on the head there, Rogue, and I think you can roll it all the way back to, we did an episode, when was this one, Rico? I'm trying to find it, and I'm trying to stall here long enough, but we did an episode where that's pretty much what we said, is like, touring is a mindset. You know, we you can really stop calling it a touring bike or a cruiser or whatever, like, you can tour on anything. Yep. So I think, you know, a little bit like Rico said, if you're a minimalist, these bags might be overkill for you. You might just need a backpack strapped to the sissy bar or heck even just wearing it and you might be gone for days. Yeah. You and you and bacon do it all the time. Me and bacon? Bacon, yeah. Bacon does it. Oh yeah. He just strap the backpack yeah, I have, to his bike. That's all I do. I just bar. strap what I've got to the, the passenger backrest. That's it. Yeah. And and ride out. Bro. Yeah, but you always forget something. Well, that's what you got you. Yeah, so I'm glad I ride with John. Uh huh. Because he because he knows you're gonna bring his toothbrush, his uh, mittens, his sweatshirt, <laughs> his hoodie. All right, episode fifty two was titled "Touring is a Mindset," and what would the president ride? Which we haven't done in a while. Yeah, mm. it's that long ago. That was one episode after my FJ09 ride review. Mm-hmm. Wow, that long ago, fifty one. Wow, it seems like decades, doesn't it? No, well, not, seems like it was know. over the summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, sh- shall we continue on? Well, with more bikes, okay. or, I'm gonna let or, you. Or, I'm gonna let you guys pick. We have four more on the list. We got to pick one. Four more on the list. Ooh. Let's call. Oh, you want to get on, it from on, the chat on. room? I, I I got one. I got one for us. Yeah, I got one. Let me let me find it here. How about the new Suzuki Intruder? Oh, God. Oh, you got to go to something I haven't seen? Pass. Pass. <laughs> Pass. No. Come on, Rob. I, I, think, I think we have to talk about the Moto Guzzi. Yes. Let's do it. Right? R- Rico likes the Guzzi, so let's, let's hit up the, <laughs> the V85. You like this? I do. It's so oh, ugly. I man. gotta love it. Oh, okay, okay. As long as as long as we're looking at it from the this wins the most confused ugly bike I have seen oh. in a yep. long time. It, it's so ugly. It's cute. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just it's so ugly that you might love it because you feel sorry for it. <laughs> Like you buy it because it's been sitting on the floor of the dealer for 10 years. And you're like, someone just needs to take that home. Like this is the last girl at the bar, right? (laughs) It's two 30. The lights have been on. Everyone has gone home and you're just like, I feel really bad leaving you here. So 
<laughs> you need a ride yeah. home. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but the yep. colors, why? Why? Oh, God's name. Uh, You've got this yellow and white, like because you Yamaha retro theme. Like that, the yeah. yellow and red that ran into like a a Honda dirt bike for the frame. Yeah, it's like what the hell. But it's kind of neat to see it, you know, and to know that it exists. It's like, huh? Okay. <laughs> it's like it's Some, like you've discovered. It's like you've discovered a new species. Like, wow! I didn't right. know that existed. <laughs> Somebody actually made that. <laughs> Well, yeah, and you're also thinking like, holy cow, somebody got this thing to market. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> like this, all the way to passed, the dealership. This passed so many design room meetings, right? This got through board meetings and people were were like, yes, <laughs> committees, we're going to make that. Focus groups. Oh, <laughs> focus. Yeah. Somewhere there's a group of dudes who are really stoked that they made this. And really pissed off at us right now. <laughs> They're probably they probably wouldn't be too pleased. <laughs> you guys don't get it, man. You have yeah. to ride it. I don't know. I don't do with the with the behavior of this motor. Would you want it want it on something like this? Well, it's got nice torque, yeah. low end torque. You know how that that twitch that it got that that uh, twist that it does when you rev the motor. Mm-hmm. That doesn't would slow down want- guys on a on the big GS. Oh man, I don't know. I don't know. How would, yeah, I don't know, dude. All right, Rico, this, this is your this homework. Bike isn't heavy. This bike isn't heavy enough for that motor, I don't think. You know, I think you just get twisted off it, is my opinion. No, but this is your homework. You have to ride this thing. Oh, okay. I'll be there yeah, soon. <laughs> you have to ride this. Yeah, all right. I'll do it. I'll do it. When they get one at Matthew's Fun Machines, you have to come ride it. Sign me up. I'll ride that big girl. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Maybe it would it. look better yeah, all black. Yeah, you know, like it, it. It may just be the color combination that's really throwing me for a loop. Because you know, it, it ticks a lot of boxes. It's it's a uh, it's shaft drive. Uh, it looks like it could go in the dirt. Yeah, it's got that huge skid plate underneath, just in case it's you got, do it's scrape it on a, something. It's got a gigantic skid plate. That is Huge. for sure. And look, look at the travel between the, the front wheel and the fender, the front fender there. It's huge. Yep. Like you're going like to be jumping with this thing. Not. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> what does it weigh? Uh, I scroll down. I don't know what it weighs. I'm not saying. I haven't seen anything about weight. And, and, and to go with Rogue's point, there's a comment down here. A gentleman on the site commented that. It ticks the box of shaft drive, spoke wheels, round lights, and light off tarmac capabilities. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a sub 1000 CC ADV bike with a shaft bike with a shaft, you know, drive. So, shaft drive, yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. Most of them in that class would be chain. Chain, right? Oh, maybe they nailed it. What do we know? We'll see. We're, we're over here slagging it. it, and it's going to turn out to be the most amazing bike ever made. <laughs> the best-selling right. Moto Guzzi of all time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, time to eat crow, boys. The V85 yes. shatters another sales record for 2017. <laughs> <laughs> I would just, I would face palm the entire day away if that happened. Wow. 
Oh, man. It's got the, the tank knee indents and everything. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That seat, you know, you're like sitting in a bowl with this seat, though. Look at that. Yep. Hmm. All right. You guys done with the goozy? Um, I guess so. All right. Well, before we get to the, dare I say, the back half of the show <laughs> at this point, uh, let's take a moment to recognize the people who make our show possible. That would, of course, be the riders of Loud Pipes, and we thank them in order. So let's start with our barbershop riders. That would be Mr. Jebby, who is in the first five. Yeah. Zion, who's also first five. Yeah. And Chuck, Mike, Chris, and Roger, thanks for the bump, in the rest of the barbershop group. We also have our riders members, which would be first five individuals, Marcus, Rickard, and Edward. And then we have Steve, Micah, Kenny, Dangerous Dave, and Chad. Thank you all for your support. And our insiders group is Darren and the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast. Labpipes.net slash donate is the place to sign up. Select a reward that interests you most. And if you're not down with the monthly subscription, we do have a one-time link there for contributions. And no, sorry, (laughs) a one-time link for donations and contributions of any size are greatly appreciated. All right, I have a couple different items of feedback here in the U-turn segment. And last episode, John and I were talking a little bit about overpants and just kind of what I might want to to use in terms of riding to the office. So our office is business casual. So that means I can't just put on my riding jeans and, and a polo shirt. It has to be a little bit nicer than that. So I was thinking about overpants. So Phil writes to us and gives us sort of what he's been riding and pretty much saying the overpants are working great. Um, he's got a set of flyover pants that he got from Revzilla. They're all weather comfortable, 85 plus degree traffic. Um, they will feel a little hot, um, but they do go all the way down to the 30s for him and good enough for his one-hour commute. He's also using a fly butane jacket. Kind of rounds out the pair there, and it sounds like that's working out well for him uh, in terms of commuting. So I think this works. So for him, it's mainly keep the grime off for his long commute, and it sounds like he rides year-round. Um, you know, For me, it's more of putting on my work attire and then not having to do like a full Superman change when I get to the office since it's only like nine miles away. So, so they would be like a the Deadpool change in the um, phone booth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Phil appreciate that. I'm checking out those items as well. And I'm not sure if it's going to be, you know, sort of a, you know, fabric textile type setup or if it'd be leather, but I'm definitely looking into both of these. All right, two other quick items. So I was having a conversation with Brian Honeycutt over on Facebook, and he reminded me after I looked at the details a little closer that the K1600 BMW front suspension, it's essentially the same as the Goldwing we were crowing about uh, last week and the week before. So they, they look similar. I just couldn't, I couldn't put it all together sort of in time when we were talking about the show. But So essentially they've been doing it uh, longer than Goldwing. You see those links, Hogan? Did you look at that closely? The BM, the new BMW double wishbone, and or I'm sorry, the new Goldwing double wishbone, and then how the BMWs laid out. No, I haven't. I didn't click on that link. I'm sorry. No. Nope. 
Well, not today. I mean, just in general. I don't know if you'd looked at. I've looked at the new Goldwing, which I like, by the way. And uh, but no, I didn't look that closely at the details as far as that bar is concerned. Well, the thing the thing that I like better about how BMW is doing it is where the bars pivot. It's directly in line with where the forks pivot. Now, on the Goldwing, where the forks pivot, the bars actually sit behind the pivot point of the forks, and then you have like these two tie rods that connect that connect your bars up to the front forks. So be curious to see how that feels on the road with, with it being offset like that. And maybe a little bit about, like your Indian. You know how the bars come back to you quite a bit on the Indian? Where you kind of feel like you're pushing your hands left and right, you know, into the mm-hmm. corners. I mean, it's not going to feel like that. It's, you're, you're twisting. You're not pushing side to side. But just the feeling of having your bars sit behind the pivot point of the forks. Right. Just wonder what that feels like. So that's all. Thanks, Brian, for the chat, as always. And uh, him and I talk quite a bit about track riding, which is good. So as I'm trying to get the R6 tuned up and on the track, we've been talking about that as well. I miss you. Yeah, I miss you. So yeah, we're going to, I think I, I mentioned this last show, um, Hogan, The I ordered up the kit for the front forks. So it'll be new seals and spacers and bushings or whatever else goes in there. Cool. So take care of the the leaky part. And then I also ordered heavier springs, although I don't know if I'm going to need them after taking a look. So I don't know how much preload is in it now, but I did a quick little sag measurement. I came up with about 42 millimeters, which is a little bit over, uh, a little bit over kind of where it should be. should be somewhere more around what they say, 20 to 30 for track or a little bit more than that for street. Yeah. I had a, I had it cranked up a bit because I liked the way that felt on the track that way. Okay. So if, yeah, if it's close to being all the way to the max on the preload, then the, the heavier spring will definitely be needed. Mm-hmm. So they did the calculations at Matthew's fun machines. They put in the, you know, the model of the bike, how much I weigh, how I plan to ride it. And it said, you know, you need this, weight of a spring nice so those are in i just got to pull them off the bike and take them over boy. that'll be cool yes it will and before we get into spending spending chuck's money uh, i want to give a little shout out to renato on uh was this on facebook yeah this was also on it facebook was. yeah so he was saying rico that i should try a little sheepskin seat cover on my due so maybe kind of extend my <laughs> time in the seat a little bit Sheepskin. <laughs> I knew you were going to go with some jokes there. But <laughs> <laughs> so he's got a, uh, he just said he went to Ikea, got a $30 sheepskin throw on his V-Strom and, you know, does a 13, 13 hour, 860 mile day. No problems. Although I think sitting more upright and having the ability to stand up probably helps a lot there too. But it's cool. Cool bike, by the way. I checked out his, uh, some of his videos on Facebook or there might have been links to YouTube. I don't remember, but he was riding up around Virginia on some back roads. Uh, some really cool videos. Nice. All right, guys ready to spend some money. Sure. Spend my money. So let's close this out. We, we previewed this last episode and another one of our riders from the clubhouse. Um, Chuck had an incident a while back and I think he's off the live stream now, John, is he not? 
Uh, yes, he Taking is. off for the night. So the criteria is, we'll just recap, solo rider, back roads, not much for highway, but the bike should be able to handle them. It needs to handle mountain twisties well. And he's more comfortable on a cruiser style, but he's fine with a dual sport style as well. Top of the budget, $13,000. A fairly novice rider with three years experience. And overall, it's more about enjoying the ride than the bells and whistles. No real brand preference. Who wants to go first? Johnny John, you got yours ready? I do, I do, I do. You want me to go first? Unless Hogan was ready. I didn't know if he was or not. Yeah, doesn't matter. Go ahead. All right, go ahead, Johnny, you first. All right, for the new bike. Are you ready? I am ready. A Yamaha Striker. The Striker, okay. Cruiser style, how much is that? It's eleven uh eight ninety nine. Oh, look at you. Very nice. So I went under the thing. I think it'd be a nice cruiser bike for him. I think it's not many bells and whistles. Rode with the guy the other day that has one and it uh it's a nice looking bike. Now is that a big is that a big nineteen hundred like the Raider? No, it's a uh it's a thirteen hundred. Thirteen hundred, okay. So a little smaller. Very nice, very nice. All right. And you have a used pick? I do. Are you ready? I am ready. A 2018 Indian Scout Bobber. (laughs) (laughs) That's not used, is it? It is used, my friend. (laughs) Okay. For 11.5. 11.5. Nice. I looked at that earlier today, but not my pick. Oh. So there you go. There's, there's, there's my picks. Very nice. Brother Hogan, are you ready? Oh, sure, sure. So I thought maybe a um, 2002 <laughs> used. This is used. Oh, used pick first. Okay. And put your link in the notes so I don't forget. Oh, okay. All right. I used a uh, Suzuki VL1500. Intruder. Suzuki Intruder. Okay. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to look that up. All right. So here, me, let me see if I got a link here. But uh, for the new bike, I said, well, well, let's get him on something different. Let's get him on one of the new Triumph Tiger 1200s. I think that's uh, road-worthy. Back heels. That's going to be over, over budget. Over budget, you think? Uh-huh. 13K is all you got. Oh, oh, okay. All right. So maybe he'll get the 800 then. <laughs> you know? Yeah, the all new Tiger 1200 starts at, I was looking at it earlier today, uh, which they've increased the power on this thing, which is nice. Some new tech on it, accessories, stalling for time. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Uh, I'll try the XR. Mm, pricing, come on. John, you have any idea? Working on it. Chassis, dimensions, weights. Weights? Weights is what I meant. Don't Weets. have it listed. No oh. pricing. Too expensive. You got to pick another one. Oh, dang. That's too bad. Sorry, bro. Sorry, Chuck. Now, Rogue, did you want to weigh in on these? Um, I, I am not prepared, but I can. If you just want to toss something out. Yeah. 
um man for under for under 13 grand i, I mean i'm i'm going to say the two the needs to handle mountain twisties well but more comfortable on a cruiser style those things are um yeah, polar tough. opposites of one another that's real tough <laughs> so yeah I, i'm going to say um man get get a ducati scrambler uh, oh that that's going to tick a lot of a lot of the boxes for it's going to handle well you can take it on the highway it's not a highway cruiser but it'll it'll go on the highway hell if you're feeling a little a little spicy get the get the uh, desert sled that'll do road off road yeah have a little fun go crazy with it very nice and at at those prices why would you buy used <laughs> Exactly. Right. No, you can right. pick, you can pick up a scrambler for you know like right at the ten grand mark. So, what what there's there's no barrier to entry here. And it's a twin. And it's a twin. It'll be torquey. It'll be fun. If you like the cruiser, you still have the twin. I think even the new eleven hundred scrambler is going to come in under thirteen k. So, that that would be a lot of bike for the money. So, so uh, just to let you know, back to the Triumph uh, Bacon. Uh, 800, he says, starting at 11K. All right, he could do the 800 then. Tiger 800, is that your pick, Hogan? That's it. For new bike. Is he going to say, nailed it? <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> All right, well, I had a lot of fun with this one. And like I said, because Chuck's in the clubhouse, you know, we've talked with him before, and we know what he used to ride, um, the Dyna he used to have, and a little bit about that. So my... I've actually picked two new bikes because I can. And my first one is kind of the safe one. And then the second one is a little bit of a reach. So my new pick, sort of my primary pick is the Sportster Roadster. Now I'm going with the Roadster for the handling aspect. Inverted forks, dual discs up front. It's got a little more ground clearance. This is the more nimble Sportster. Improved shocks in the rear, things like that. Good torque. And this is 11, starts at 11.3. So right in the budget. Solid choice. Now, the only thing is it's not quite cruiser riding position. It is a little more aggressive. So if that still fits the bill, then I think the Roadster would be a lot of fun. Now, my alternate new pick, and this just plays a little bit to him saying that he wouldn't also mind the dual sport riding position. So if you want to stretch out a little bit, have something that's going to be a ball to ride in the mountain twisties. It's going to be a lot more bike and it's also going to be a little bit more touring worthy. Not that he's asking for that, but it's going to just tick more boxes and give you more options. So for starting MSRP of 12,999, I would grab the Versus. 1000 LT and have a ball. Mm. <laughs> That's my alternate. Mm. No? You don't like that one, Rico? Uh, yeah. Great. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> it's like, I can't have the Tiger. You can't have the Versus. Get Versus. All right, now my used pick. I had a lot of fun with this one. And what did we say the Dyna was, John? The Superglide? Yeah. So I knew we had a Dyna before, so I'm thinking there's a little bit of uh, favorance there and the Cruiser. 
But wanting one that handles, oh, that's where it gets tricky. Unless you get on board with a lot of the Harley faithful where you think the FXR is the bike to have. And in that case, Chuck, I found a museum quality FXR with all the upgraded hardware that will just light your hair on fire. So on eBay, there's an 89 Harley Davidson FXR. It has an SNS, 113 cubic inch engine in it, a Baker six speed. It has Olin's piggyback shocks in the rear, upgraded front forks as well. And this thing is immaculate and is actually in the New England Motorcycle Museum. But you can buy this for $12,500. And this thing is beautiful. So beautiful. That's my used pick. And that's why earlier I said, nailed it. This thing is crazy. You got to see this. I'm going to put it in the, the show notes now for you guys. There's a link. If you go to the full description, there's like a video and everything. The guy's riding up and down the road, pops a wheelie on it, like no problem. This thing sounds bananas, and it's on eBay. I don't, I don't know if Chuck will want to do wheelies. What's that, Rogue? You got a used one? I've got a good used pick. Yeah, I was just searching through my local Ducati dealer's used site. They have a 2013 Ducati Diavel Dark. Oh, for 10.992. So that that ticks the box. That yeah. ticks the box of cruiser style and it will carve some mountain twisties like a mofo. Oh, well played. Uh, I nice. Think, I think I just nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was funny before this, I was looking for the Exteval. Um Yeah. You now, did I'm you say sure. Exteval or is it just Deval? This is the standard Diablo. Not yeah, the X. The X is yeah, I was newer. looking for an X. Yeah. But because this I was like, is still somewhat cruisery. It's not as cruisery as the X for sure. But yeah, I was looking at that because I know Rich really had a blast when he rode that Ducati, and he was like, "That was a bike." And there was, and I thought about that as a sport bike, but yet in the cruiser position. Yeah. Yep. Crazy bike. Well, thanks, guys. That's a lot of fun. As always, love doing that. And Chuck, you have to let us know what you pick out because I think I, I, I think I know what something he's leaning towards. Oh, you got inside information. Yeah, you tell me later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to skip the garage segment because we've we've gone way long, and we want to get Rogue's update for eight days a week. So we want to have some fun there. Get his ultimate garage, seven things to ride or drive, plus a project, and then uh, I think we'll shut it down for tonight. So, Mr. Rogue Mogul, the floor is yours. All right. So, let's start off with the most bizarre. So, um, a boat. I think I I want a Chris Craft. Like, I want want the classic Chris Craft, you know, all wood deck motorboat. I think think that that would be be pretty awesome. Nice. (laughs) Yep. So, I, I I thought I'd start off with the most bizarre. I don't know where that's going to get me because I can't get to work on it, but you know we'll we'll figure that out later. <laughs> well, if you work from home and you live on a lake, you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, motorcycles. I want, a, of course, I want the Ducati Panigale V4. Mm. <laughs> Man, I am going to be dreaming about that motorcycle for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I want a Ducati Multistrada Enduro. No, you don't. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep, that's <laughs> I do. You said that sorry. with outside voice. <laughs> I, I, I want one of those. You know, and I, I, I know I claimed earlier that I'm not like Ducati loyal, but they they just make a lot of what I want. I'm not a Ducati so, guy, but that's two. Next. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I okay so i really want an aprilia rsv4 like that's that's the bike that started the v4 love there for me go. yep um and then I, I want a zero i want i want an electric motorcycle because i i think those those things look like a blast and i i am totally about embracing the uh the electric future of vehicles you know thing, things aren't going to be gas powered forever you have a style preference um, I don't know enough about the entire model line to be able to say. Yes, is sport. D is light dual sport. The FX is like a dirt bike, street legal dirt bike. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably do the S. Okay. I'd, I'd do a full street bike just because there's, there's something about riding an electric motorcycle in the woods that sort of seems like you could end up over your head and out of juice <laughs> and end up having to push it out of the woods. That's. I'm I'm not trying to sign up for that sort of thing. Got it. Uh, let's see six. Uh, so, okay, so so now we're we're gonna uh, tr- uh, transition into cars and uh, keeping with the electric theme. I want to I want a Tesla Model S. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Yeah. Rich, don't we all? Rico. Yep. yep. John, I'm gonna yep. say just P100D, just because you didn't specify. Uh, well, you, you know me well. You could fill in the blank there. Nothing, nothing but the best, sir. Um, now your Saturday ride. Yep. Yeah. Uh, to fulfill my gasser fantasies, I want uh, an AMG C63. Nice. Yeah. Black series. Yeah. Well, if we're being picky, they're available. I, I would, I would take the, I would take the, the quote bland version but yeah black would be fine the vanilla but, amg but it's gotta it's gotta be the four-door i don't want the coupe i want the four-door yeah okay i want the sedan i don't i don't actually like the body lines of of the coupe so um and then for my project uh i want a 70s era uh harley flh shovelhead that's always been a bike that i've i've wanted to build one nice list yeah, yeah it is very nice. Thought I thought I'd sprinkle it with a little bit of everything, and I'm I'm just not into planes, so I couldn't I couldn't go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because what kind of what kind of fool actually wants an airplane, right? Well, I'd I'd like to be transported around in a private jet. I don't really have much desire to fly it myself. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I'm only halfway joking. I mean, if I had more money than sense, sure. Yeah, I'd I'd be all into airplanes, but. I'm not there yet in my financial goal life. <laughs> awesome. Well, b- before we do close it down, uh, we'll, we'll do quick the events quickly, but I want to ask each of you before we sign off anything from Eichma news or any of the new bike news that we didn't cover that you're just dying to see, dying to ride, you know, something that's just so juicy out there that you can't wait to get your hands on it. John? Uh, uh, no, nothing. I haven't okay. paid. I haven't. I'll be honest. I haven't paid much attention. I've been too swamped with everything else. I haven't paid much attention. No spider news. So he says moving on. 
No, no but I, I think the I think if you really want to talk about something, I think I think what Yamaha did with the Tracer is pretty in, in the market. I know Rico hates the lo- looks of it, but I think it's a pretty cool bike. Yeah, which one? The Tracer. Oh yeah. Cool. All right. Um, Rogue, anything else out there that we didn't talk about that you're really excited for? Um, the, the one thing that was on the list, but we didn't talk about was the KTM 790 Duke. And I, I think that's like, that's going to be an important motorcycle just because like the 1290 is too damn fast. And Bananas. I think I think having having the 790 on the street is actually going to be more fun because you know having having a slower motorcycle that you can just wind out mm-hmm. is a lot more fun on the road than something where you're always like oh hey I'm doing 101st gear awesome yeah you're like I'm gonna die yeah yeah so <laughs> I, I think that I think that's going to be a really important that's going to you know that is going to plant it firmly within the FC07 FC09 territory and kind of yeah that's going to be a great option and probably also with the lighter weight of the bikes. Cause I know like I yep. have guys I ride with that have the yep. bigger, you know, upgraded to the 600 series from the 300, you know, kind of one upgrade and they would rather have, they love the 300s because of the weight and how nimble they were. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really excited about the, the, the parallel twin that they've developed for the 790, And that is rumored to go into a middleweight adventure bike for next year. We'll have to wait and see on that, but yeah, that that new motor looks pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you on the the 790 Duke, except I can't wait until they have a 790 Duke GT. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> all about the touring. Yeah, a little more comfortable. Yeah, I got the go sure. fast already. I just need more comfort. Yeah, and, and I guess just real real quick, like the other things would be the the Villapitten or however that's pronounced the um. The Husqvarna, yeah, street street motorcycles. Those those look pretty interesting too. I'm glad you attempted the pronunciation because I wasn't even going to go there. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's reasonably close. <laughs> nice job, <laughs> brother Hogan. Anything else wet in your whistle that we missed? Well, the Yamaha Nikon. Yeah, oh, three wheeler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why did I ask? It's it's like the the retarded cousin of the, oh God, what are those things? The, (laughs) oh, I'm drawing a blank. You already don't like the tracer. Just keep bashing that platform. (laughs) Go ahead. Just keep hammering it. I just wanted to put it out there. Cause somebody might like this, might want to ride it, might want to, you know, I, I, you know what, I want to ride it just to be able to see what it feels like to ride one of these things. Yeah, I want to ride it as well, but you know, it's going to end up in the garage. No, likely I not. Want to ride, unless it's a giveaway. Yeah, but awesome. yeah, that was mine. All right, yeah, and you pretty much covered. You know, the thing I'm salivating over still it would be the Tracer 900 GT. Can't wait to see that in person and more curious to see where the pricing lands. <laughs> Ugly. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he still forgets I get to edit, so. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys, for that. Appreciate it. It's been a good show, as always. Um, actually, I'm sorry. John, you want to talk events real quick? Events. Yes, we can talk events. Events coming up. We have the first annual Loud Pipes meetup. Still being worked on to be determined. Yep. And if you've listened this long in the show, then 
you obviously like something about it. So <laughs> we're still looking for feedback on that in terms of dates and location as we're still putting it together. Nothing, nothing final yet. Um, so all options are, I don't want to say all options, but most options are on the table. How about that? Yep. And then the other one that is for sure is the second annual East Coast Moto Amino meetup, which is June 9th, 2018 in Wake Forest. And Rogue, you should come out to that. I will make every effort. Just remind me. I'm I'm bad about keeping dates. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very nice. All right. Well, once again, I would like to thank the Riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support and just encourage everyone to check out loudpipes.net slash donate. And we have a quick little clubhouse update. We've moved our Slack platform over to a paid option. And so we now have access to our, our whole history. We've got retention options for data, a lot more storage, which is really cool. And we're actually working out a new support level on our, on our Patreon page. So keep, keep your eyes out there. If you're interested, essentially it'll be, you know, someone who's supporting mainly for the purposes of Slack um, and some other fun things that'll go along with that. So we'll post information on that once it's done. And in the meantime, additional information for this episode, including links, a couple of images, and maybe a joke or two can be found on our website, loudpipes.net slash 106. There's links there to leave us feedback, subscribe to the show, and follow us on social media. Brother Hogan, kickstands up. Let's do this, Brutus. Rogue Mogul, thanks for joining us. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right. Johnny John? All right. Let's go. All right. Good night. Thank you for listening. Please consider supporting the show. We offer generous rewards for your contribution. Find more details at loudpipes.net forward slash donate. <laughs>